welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for October 12. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. Prayer is a very special privilege for the people of God. Why don't we pray more consistently than we do? Come with me to the parable in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 9. It's about a powerful judge and a powerless widow. Because women at the time often married much older men, many were widowed and ill-provided for. They were vulnerable to exploitation. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The widow here seems to be an unjustly treated over a property or financial matter. A relative may not have passed on her rightful inheritance. But her problem didn't stop there. Her case was being heard by a judge who neither feared God nor regarded man. Every society knows powerful people like this. The Jewish historian Josephus observed that King Jehoiakim was neither reverent towards God nor fair towards human beings. The judge in the parable is either unjust or dishonest, or both. He seems more interested in money than morality. What hope did this poor, powerless woman have? We can imagine the stillness amongst Jesus' hearers as the drama unfolded, asking themselves, What would I have done? The scene is dramatic and unexpected. The widow kept coming to him. She used the only weapon she has, persistence. Grant me justice against my opponent, she says. For a while the judge acts true to form. He does nothing. But in time he relents, not because he's a changed man, but because of her perseverance. Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, he says, the words, no respect, are significant. Kenneth Bailey comments that Middle Eastern traditional culture is a shame-pride culture. That is, a particular pattern of social behaviour is encouraged by appeals to shame. Whereas the judge should have felt shame about the way he treated the widow, he didn't. No appeal of goodness or mercy could be made to him on behalf of the destitute woman. Money may be the one thing that persuades him. Or is it? His soliloquy continues. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. 
The woman is persistent, and the judge realises she will not give up. Indeed, her perseverance provokes this powerful, corrupt man to bring about justice. He not only hears her case, he settles it in her favour. Jesus comments, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God vindicate his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will vindicate them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The word delay literally means patience. It's a word in the New Testament especially linked to God's act of salvation, such as we find in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16 and 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20. In each instance, the stress is on the long-suffering nature of God's patience in dealing with us. Two commentators, Bailey and Horst, observe that the sentence, Will he delay long over them? is not a question, but rather a statement better translated. He is also slow to anger over them. All of us are sinners. None of us, either through our efforts or because of who we are, can claim God's kindness, let alone his vindication of us. We are totally dependent on his mercy. This is the key to understanding the parable. To paraphrase Kenneth Bailey in his Through Peasant Eyes, God's people are sinners, not sinless saints. If God is not willing to put aside his anger towards us, we can't approach him in prayer. We dare not call out for vindication lest, as the prophet Amos warns, the day of the Lord is a day of darkness, not light. To seek vindication does not make us righteous. It's only because God is long-suffering and patient that he will be slow to anger towards those who persist in calling on him and throwing themselves and their needs upon his mercy. Through this parable, Jesus brings our attention to profound and encouraging themes about prayer. In the face of life's uncertainties, he wants us to know that we can and should pray. Persistence in our prayer invites God's long-suffering patience and mercy towards us. God is not capricious, but is a loving, compassionate Father who will vindicate our cause. He will do this not because we deserve it, but because He is merciful. While we will delight in seeing the perfect manifestation of all of this on the final day, we can be assured that there will be times when God will vindicate us now in our present life's experience. We can be confident that God is at work in the drama of human history and in our lives, bringing his good purposes to pass, including the final vindication of his people. So Jesus asks you and me about our prayer and our trust. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The real issue is not with God's willingness to answer our prayers, but with our refusal to ask. So why don't we pray? 
Is it because God doesn't seem to answer our prayer? Is it because we've been swayed by our culture and think of prayer as a psychologically therapeutic exercise, making the prayer feel better but having little other effect? Or is it because we think that God will do what he wants anyway, whether or not we pray? If that's what we think, we misunderstand Jesus and what the New Testament says elsewhere. Prayer is a powerful gift God has given us, not because of the prayer itself, but because we are praying to the great King of the universe. God has given us the privilege of being caught up with His purposes in the world. So why don't we pray more consistently and persistently than we do? Let me pray. Almighty God, Creator of all things and Giver of every good and perfect gift, hear with favour the prayers of your people, so that we who are justly punished for our offences may mercifully be delivered by your goodness. For the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Saviour, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, we thank you for bringing us safely to this day. Protect and preserve us by your mighty power, and grant that today we fall into no sin, nor run into any kind of danger. Lead and govern us in all things, so that we may always do what is right in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all men and women, and banish from them the spirit that makes for war, so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty Father, we commend to your goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, especially those who are known to us. May it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst us and remain with us always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and April Marks, a member of Christchurch Presbyterian, San Francisco. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the opening and concluding music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You also may like to listen to the hymn, Holy Spirit, Living Breath of God, from Keith and Kristen Getty at the Getty Music website, www.gettymusic.com.